Welcome to pregame.com's Belmont Special. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, and we're going to break down this Saturday's Belmont for you. I'm going to go through um, the best contenders in the race and tell you what we're looking at for Saturday, how I see the race developing. Uh, congratulations to the connections of Rachel Alexander, who dominated the field in the Preakness as the Philly took on the boys and got the job done. Uh, Also want to congratulate the connections of Rachel Alexander for deciding not to run her in the Belmont. I believe that that was a wise decision. The mile and a half uh, for the Philly against the boys, I just think too much to ask, and I think it's a great decision for them not to risk this fine Philly in this race. So what does that leave us? Does that leave the race wide open for Mind That Bird? Mind That Bird was the 50-1 to shocker in the Kentucky Derby as he stunned the field, storming home with an absolutely clean trip coming up the rail to win the Kentucky Derby. They jumped on Rachel Alexandra in the Preakness as regular jockey Calvin Burrell jumped off of Mind That Bird to ride Rachel Alexander as he had been doing, and it was a wise call on his part as she beat Mind That Bird. But Mind That Bird got a lot of respect as he came storming down the stretch in the Preakness and just missed catching her as he finished second. So now we head to the Belmont, and as everybody knows, the Belmont is the test of champions. It's a mile and a half, a tough distance to go. Horses generally do not go this distance, and they are put to the test. And normal thinking is with the longer race, a horse like mine that bird, will be able to close. The added distance is suited for a closer, and that is a good theory and concept. But generally speaking, the Belmont is won by a horse that is not coming out of left field. Now, there has been races where the stone-cold closer has got there, but more often than not, it is a horse that is right there in that second flight Um, just off the pace setters and able to get a jump on the field in those sweeping turns at Belmont, uh, turning for home and opens up on the closers. Uh, And that's been the typical style of running in the Belmont. And that type of history does not bode well for Mind That Bird. Mind That Bird generally comes from way out of it and makes that late run. Uh, Not a lot of real early speed in this race, which is another factor that I think gets Mind That Bird beat on Saturday. Mind That Bird's going to go off the favorite. Calvin Burrell this week has stated, just as he did in the Preakness, he is almost guaranteeing a victory with Mind That Bird. And, you know, that's great, you know, the jockey saying he's going to win the race and everything, but I've yet to hear a jockey uh, before a race say that he's going to lose a race. So I'm not putting a lot of stock in that uh, prediction by Calvin Burrell. No question, he's got the best horse going in, but racing in the Triple Crown races, that three races over a five-week period is just absolutely grueling on a horse, and that's why we have had so few Triple Crown winners. Uh, in the last decade, we've had several opportunities for a Triple Crown to be won at the Belmont, but that last race, that last leg, has come up as the stumbling block, and we have not had that Triple Crown winner. I think Mind That Bird 
is going to show himself well in this race, but I think he gets beat. And I am going to look at a couple of the horses that are contenders here to pull the upset on Saturday. And we're going to get things started with an intriguing horse, um, and that is number two, Dunkirk. Now, I was high on this horse going into Kentucky Derby, and I went against history. And the history I went against with Dunkirk was the fact that this horse did not race as a two-year-old. Uh, long-standing theory that horses that do not race at two are not mature enough to win the Kentucky Derby. There's just so many variables in the Kentucky Derby. They're going a mile and a quarter, which is generally the first time any of these horses have gone that distance. You've got large crowds, very loud. You can get horses be rambunctious, um, you know, never racing in front of a crowd of that size. And then another factor that happened, and I think it was really Dunkirk's undoing in the Derby, was the fact that with only three career starts, Dunkirk had never raced on anything but a fast track. And the Kentucky Derby that first Saturday in May came up with a heavy rain the day before and that night, and it never dried out on race day. The track was sloppy. It was a gooey sloppy. And when horses are asked to do something or have a new experience, you never know how they are going to react until they are faced with that adversity. And Dunkirk just did never, never got into the race. He never grabbed the racetrack, never fired that day, uh, probably did not like the mud being thrown up in his face. Only his fourth career start, and it was a very dismal uh, race. So why would we like him on Saturday in the Belmont? Well, the fact that the owners have not given up on this horse, the trainer, Todd Pletcher, a well-respected trainer uh, in the game, has put this horse in the race. He's not putting this horse in the race just to be a filler. He's in it to win the race. Um, they purposely skipped the Preakness because this horse is bred for the distance. Uh, and speaking of breeding and prices, this horse was a yearling purchase of $3.7 million. I mean, the pedigree on this horse is tremendous, and the connections love this horse. He's got a lot of talent. Um, he's got a smaller field to deal with. That was another factor in the Kentucky Derby. You know, when you have a 20-horse field and a horse that's only had three starts, um, you know, you get bumped, you're in tight quarters, and that's another factor that can throw a horse off of his game. I think Dunkirk is a major factor Saturday in the Kentucky Derby, and he will have gained some experience from that uh Kentucky Derby race uh, the first Saturday in May, and that should help him in this Saturday's Belmont. Uh, can he pull the upset? Well, there's another horse in the race that's going to have a lot to say about that, um, but I definitely think uh, Dunkirk is a horse that has to be used in your tickets on Saturday in your exactas and trifectas. Moving on to another contender, and I think could be the horse that pulls the upset on Saturday, and that horse is the number six horse. He is listed at three to one in the morning line, and that horse is Charitable Man. Charitable Man, great story with this horse. Undefeated at two. He had two career starts, 
two impressive wins and his second win in his final race of his two-year-old campaign back in September of 08 was right here at Belmont in the fraternity and it was a great race for him um, impressive race Everybody thought this horse was definitely going to be a Kentucky Derby contender. And unfortunately for him, uh, he suffered an injury after that race. Uh, Ended up having to have surgery done on him. They had to insert screws. And being a horse owner myself, I know the time that is involved in the healing process with a broken bone. Uh, Especially whenever you end up having to screw it uh, to get it uh, for the bone to heal properly Uh, you've got all the time of the healing process and then as soon as the horse is healed then you go in and take the screws out and you got a little more recovery time they tried to get this horse back on the kentucky derby uh trail uh they ran him in the keeneland bluegrass stakes april 11th that was his first start of the year And really, that was a lot to ask of a horse that only had two lifetime starts, had been off since September, to come back and throw the horse right in a grade one stakes was just, I think, a little bit too ambitious. But they needed to have that race to earn grade one earnings to be eligible for the Kentucky Derby. They had $150,000 in grade one earnings at two, but they needed to hit the board in the bluegrass stakes to get enough money to ensure that they would be one of the 20 horses in the Kentucky Derby. Unfortunately for them in the bluegrass, um, the horse just didn't fire for them that day. He had trouble getting over the synthetic surface at Keeneland, and he ended up finishing seventh, getting no money in that race. And the Connections decided not to go to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and they also decided to skip the Preakness. And I think this is huge. They skipped the Preakness to give them the uh, three extra weeks to get prepared uh, for the Belmont. They decided that the Belmont was going to be the race that they were going to look for for this horse. That's the race they were pointing to. So by skipping the Preakness, they were able to race the horse in the Peter Pan Stakes. Uh, they raced that the uh, week after the Kentucky Derby and uh, in between the uh, Preakness and the Derby, and the horse raced it here in Belmont, and that's also a huge factor. This horse has raced two times over the Belmont surface. He is two for two in his races career-wise at Belmont. Huge advantage over a horse that's going to be racing over the track surface for the first time. He was brilliant in the Peter Pan Stakes. Uh, Drew away in the stretch, easily putting away the field, and he scored a triple-digit buyer figure as his buyer number was 100 for the race, and that puts him on pace to to move forward here in the Belmont. And if you talk about breeding, he his father was Lemon Drop Kid. Lemon Drop Kid was the 1999 winner of the Belmont. And this horse, great situation. He's trained well after the Peter Pan leading up to this race. Um, highly regarded Four lifetime starts, three wins. I think he's a major factor on Saturday. And right now, I have not made my final decisions on the Belmont, but right now I've got to say that Charitable Man 
is the most logical horse to pull the upset on Saturday over mind that bird. The other thing that he has going for him is this horse has tactical speed. As I said, that is the style that wins the Belmont. Sit just off the leaders and be in striking distance to make your move coming off that final turn. You got that long stretch at Belmont. You get the jump start in that final turn on the field trying the closers coming from behind it holds up more often than not unless you've got suicide fractions on the front end. There is no horses in this race that looks to put those kind of numbers up on the front end to let those stone-cold closers get there at the wire. I think Charitable Man will have a jump start on both Dunkirk and mind that bird and we'll be able to hold them both off in the stretch and right now looks like the most logical horse to win the race on saturday now looking at some long shots that can hit the ticket on saturday and uh, there's a horse that really intrigues me a big jockey change on this horse and that's going to be huge is number four, Summer Bird. This horse is 12 to 1 in the morning line. Now, he's a lightly raced uh, colt, four-year-old, or excuse me, four starts, one win, one-third. Not real, real impressive, but, you know, he did finish sixth in the Kentucky Derby, showed some life in the stretch. But to me, the biggest thing here is the jockey change a huge upgrade to kent desormo on this horse and he is bred for the distance just like mind that bird summer bird is out of the sire birdstone we all know what birdstone uh did uh in this race and also know that his fought burnstone excuse me birdstone's father grindstone also had great success in the triple crown this is a well-bred colt that will be flying on the end of the race um, just like mine that bird he likes to come from off the pace and again is going to be subject to the fast fractions or slow fractions and how much of a jump charitable man has on him uh, to see how much ground this horse can actually make up coming down the stretch. But Summer Bird is definitely a horse that's got to be considered on your tickets for the exotics with your exactas and trifectas. Also going to talk about the horse on the rail, and that's the number one horse, Chocolate Candy. Chocolate Candy is a horse that has been very consistent. It's one of the veteran horses in the race, 10 lifetime starts. This horse had six starts as a two-year-old. That's a really high number for a two-year-old to have six starts. Uh, The horse had two wins, a second and a third at two. Uh, come back at three, four lifetime, four starts this year, two wins and a second. The only time the horse ran out of the money this year was in the Kentucky Derby, but the horse did finish fifth. And again, a huge field in the Kentucky Derby. The horse did not break well at all, was squeezed at the start, uh, got away 12th, and then was taken back to 15th in the race, and then was bobbing and weaving through horses down the stretch and picked up fifth place and looks like a horse that could improve here in this race uh got garrett gomez on him uh driver change from mike smith in the derby uh garrett gomez has ridden this horse one time before and it was a big win uh for him in the real quiet stakes 
and look for this horse to move up a notch off of the Kentucky Derby. I think the horse definitely will be a factor uh, in the stretch. Another horse that you got to consider. He's got a little more tactical speed um, and will be sitting uh, not that far off of Charitable Man as they're heading down the backside at the Belmont. So this is a horse that could have a jump on those Stone Cold Closers, and you've got to consider on the ticket. So it's a 10-horse field on Saturday in the Belmont. I feel that there's five horses that have considerations to be used, and uh, we'll recap those horses again. Of course, Mind That Bird, Dunkirk, Charitable Man, Summer Bird, and Chocolate Candy. Uh, As of right now, uh, to me, Charitable Man is the most intriguing horse. Uh, Look for that horse to run big on Saturday. Uh, The works were good. It's going to get a lot of steam from the sharp players. Uh, and that's the way I'm looking at the Belmont for Saturday. Now, we put up on the forums at pregame.com. If you guys had any questions uh, for me this week in regards to the Belmont, and uh, we're going to take a look at some of those questions that you guys asked, and I'll get those answered. And the first one was from Apathy Next, and he wanted to know, how is the media hype on Mine That Bird and jockey Calvin Burrell affected the line and more so the market aspect? Is there value after the public overbets it because of the media hype? And he has a second part to the question. Also, is it smart to try affect the box the three morning line favorites, the two to one, three to one, and four to one shot. Well, let's take a look at the answer both questions. The first part of the question, you know, the media hype, and that's all we've heard about mind that bird. What else can they talk about in this race? You know, normally you, you know, they hope to have a triple crown possibility going to uh, the Belmont. That's what they want to market, and that's what they want to hype. Well, we don't have that. The second thing that they would have wanted to market would be if the horse that won the Kentucky Derby and the horse that won the Preakness are squaring off in the Belmont. Now you have a story. It's the rubber match. You know, who's the better horse? Well, we don't have that because Rachel Alexander's not racing in this race. So the only real story that we have is that we're going to have an oddity. We don't have a triple crown possibility, but we do have a triple crown jockey possibility. Calvin Burrell rode the winner in the Kentucky Derby. He rode the winner in the Preakness. And now he has the chance to ride the winner in the Belmont. That's really the only story we have coming into the Belmont. So that's what they've got to hype. And the fact that Calvin Burrell is one of the hottest jockeys in the country right now just you know adds fuel to the fire. And then him coming out and saying that he's going to win the race gives you more fuel. So that is where the hype is at. Do we have value playing the three morning line favorites? Generally speaking, you never have value boxing the three morning line favorites, especially if those three favorites continue to get the action on race day, which in this case, I absolutely see that being a fact. The only time that you have a value with playing favorites is in these type of triple crown races and more so in the Kentucky Derby than any other one because that's the heaviest bet race, the Belmont will be bet big if there's a triple crown contender. But you will get inflated 
uh, wager pools, mutual pools in those triple crown races because people that never bet horses will step in and bet a triple crown race. It's an event. It's a major sporting event. And you'll get a lot of dead money in the pools. So even if you have an exacta that was the stone cold favorites that normally would return maybe 780 in an inflated mutual pool can return $12 or 14. And that is a value. Um, so uh, that's my answer to you on that part, Apathy. Um, I don't think there's going to be as much dead money in the Belmont this year because the Belmont just doesn't have that story with it. Um, if Rachel Alexander would have raced in this race, uh, I definitely think that there would have been some value there because it, it would have been split 50-50 as far as which horse they're going to bet to win. And But right now, I think this is pretty evenly matched um, after mine that bird. So... Uh, I don't see the value in, in going with the three stone cold uh, horses in the box. Uh, moving on to some, the other question we had, uh, and that came from HVAC Dog. Uh, he wanted to know, wouldn't you say that Summer Bird and Mind That Bird would have the edge over the other horses since their daddy, Birdstone, won the Belmont in 2004 and their grandfather, Grindstone, won the Kentucky Derby in 1996. Mind That Bird runs more like Grindstone and Summer Bird runs more like Birdstone. Birdstone was more of a pace runner, slowly making up lengths than Grindstone, who runs his, uh, excuse me, his ass off down the stretch like Mind That Bird did. Watching those older races is like watching those horses today. If they hit their spots, look out. Well, that's a great uh, point, HVAC Dog. And uh, breeding and pedigree has a tremendous factor in uh, what's going to happen on the racetracks uh, across the country. Horses that are not bred for a distance generally don't become distance horses. Uh, Horses that uh, their uh, sire and dam were great turf horses. Generally, their offspring are going to be great turf horses as well. No question that these horses are bred for the distance. Um, But don't forget the horse that I mentioned, Charitable Man. His sire also, Lemon Drop Kid, won the Belmont. So he's got the breeding on his side too. Um, Is it the sole factor to look at when handicapping a race? Absolutely not. It is just another part of your game that you use to come up with in solidifying what your selection is. And then you go out and attack the race. Um, how to attack this race on Saturday, uh, really with three horses going to be getting some of the money. I think that there will be some value in the exactas, um, in the trifectas, especially if one of those three run off the ticket, um, and you get one of the long shots to come in, um, second or third for you in your exacta or trifecta. Uh, right now, I think the best horse, Charitable Man, could be used as a key first and second in your exactas and trifectas and put them in with the other horses that we talked about. Um, Again, I'll make my final decision on Friday night. I'll have my package posted at pregamepros.com, and I'll bundle it with my uh, baseball selections on Saturday. And uh, quick note, our baseball has been going very, very well. Baseball and basketball, the last seven days, were on a 16-4 and run. So I'll put everything together in one package on Saturday and offer it in a bundled all-access package. 
and I'll tell you exactly how I am betting the race on Saturday and give you my exactas and trifecta selections. And, you know, we'll take into consideration, we'll check the weather uh, Friday night, see what we're looking at for Saturday, because weather is always a factor in horse racing. And I think that was one of the biggest factors in the Kentucky Derby was the fact of the sloppy track. So we will look at all of those things for you um, with our package on Saturday. And once again, I hope you enjoyed our podcast here for the preview of this year's Belmont. Uh, As always, this is your host, Marco D'Angelo, and best of luck with your selections for the Belmont on Saturday, and we'll be back with other special podcasts here from pregame.com.